You're listening to the Raise to Empower podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Kamajis, a licensed clinical social worker with a multi-state online therapy practice. I have a passion for empowering women and mom therapists to break free of the fear, overwhelm, and oppressive systems that hold them back from taking action and building the private practice of their dreams. My goal is for you to boldly believe in yourself as a clinician and business owner. If you're looking for a place to learn practice building strategy and skill while also claiming your own power as a woman and a therapist, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the show. Welcome to this week's episode of the Raised to Empower podcast. I am really excited to have our guest with me. Today we have Andrea Rotondo with us. She and I have gotten to know each other casually over the past few months, have some commonality in being spouses of military service members and uh, the work that we do. And she's someone that I was so excited to get on the podcast. So let me tell you a little bit about her as we get ready to jump into our conversation. After spending a few years at home with her little ones as a military family, Andrea was ready to start something new. Her background in psychology, volunteer work, and firsthand experience with frustrating accounting processes filled her with desire to help others in a meaningful way by merging both worlds, numbers and emotions. This is when Liquid Sense was born. Through her bookkeeping firm, she supports women business owners who want to build wealth while helping others. Andrea, thank you so much for being here and welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's really exciting to be here with you. So for those who don't know you, help me and and listeners to understand, how did you get into this work? How did you get to where you are today? Like you mentioned, we're both spouses of service members. My husband was in the Coast Guard at that time when the transition back to civilian life for him um, we were just thinking like, should we do it? Should we not? Should he stay? Should we just, you know, stay for the long run, which was our initial plan, by the way. And then at around the five-year mark, we're like, okay, we have to make a decision because two years is going to fly by and we have to make a choice whether you sign again or not. For those that are in that world, you know what I'm talking about. Right. (laughs) And I don't know if it's the same for you, but my husband was like, if I make it to 10, I'm just going to say the 20. And right. I was like, but that makes no sense. It's 10 other years. What right. We just right. The 10 and then get out. He was like, no, if I can make it to the 10, we're leaving. So I was like, okay, this is the time to choose because if we make it to 10, there is no turning back. So we decided that for our family, it was best for him to just not renew his contract and we were going to move back home. But since my experience to that, like throughout the whole time that he was in the Coast Guard was finishing my degree in psychology, trying to get jobs in anything like a counseling office or anything regarding, you know, in that world, nothing really worked out except for one thing. And then I had to leave that job because of my my pregnancy and I had some issues. So after that, I just stayed home with my kids and I had no idea what I was going to do. One of my good friends told me about bookkeeping and I was like, this sounds like me. I didn't even mm. know this word bookkeeping until right now, but it totally sounds like me. I had actually worked with QuickBooks before my husband joined the military for maybe seven years without even knowing like the term bookkeeping. I was just, you know, doing data entry. I always considered myself as like behind the scenes 
kind of person. Yeah. Like I will make this show run. Like I'll make everything happen. I'll just be behind the scenes. And because of those two things, I was like, I'm going to give this a shot. Yeah. I went through the training. Like I said, we started like two years ahead of time. So by the time that we were going to be home, him out of the military, I would already have like a solid foundation. And at least the plan was to have some kind of frequency. Like I knew what, I, what how much money I was going to make every month. So that's kind of how it started kind of randomly, but at the same time, it didn't feel random. It just felt like me, like, and my abilities and what I like to do. I felt like it also included helping people because I was always passionate about that. My actions would have impact with somebody else, not just me, with individuals, not just with numbers that I, I don't even know who they are. So it just felt like it was the right choice for me. And it's been, I don't even know how many years, like since I actually launched my business is going to be like almost three yeah. and it's been great. <laughs> it's been more than yeah. I thought it was going to be. I never even consider like podcasts, for example, like what we're doing right now, I was just planning on like doing the work for somebody, having great conversations with them. And that was it. Yeah. And it just grew to thankfully be something that I have different conversations with different people, like workshops and things like that, which I have loved. I think that's one of my favorite things is to talk to others in a way that they can leave that conversation feeling that they really can apply something to their bookkeeping, to their business, which ultimately applies also to their personal finances. So it's just this big right. cycle of information, applying, getting better growing your business, feeling better about the way that you're managing your finances. is just a great cycle to be part of. Well, and I think just listening to your passion about it and you talking about, you know, being able to help people organize their systems or think through their numbers, because I feel like money is one of those quote unquote taboo subjects. And we right. all have some kind of money story and it can be really scary. And I think a lot of times in conversations I've had with people, that can be one of the things that keeps them from maybe starting a business, starting their mm -hmm. practice because, well, how am I going to do this? Or what if I do it wrong? Or I just don't know anything about it because they don't teach you about that stuff right. <laughs> when you're taking those kinds of classes. So I think your approach is just so relatable and that it's about helping to empower others, right? You can feel confident about the systems and the bookkeeping that you have, because you do need to know your numbers. You need, do need to know, right. what am I bringing in? Right, right, exactly. And there's this misconception that says that because you're not good at math, you're just not good with money. And because you rarely took, like you took very minimal math classes, then that equals to you're not good at handling your money. You're not going to be able to make it. And that is not the case. <laughs> That's very, right. very hard for us to take that out of our minds because if somebody was actually not good at math and you were constantly getting bad grades and you were constantly struggling with that, and maybe you were going with a tutor after school or your parents were not necessarily the kindest when it came, you know, when it comes to this, sure. so it's just all of these things unconsciously will show up. And I think that that is one of the biggest 
roadblocks that we have to go over, like just face it. And this is going to be your strength, (laughs) not mine. And just, okay, let's get to a place where I don't need to be good at math. And thankfully, for example, it's the software that does the math. Right. So you don't even have to do the math. So then now, now that we got over that, okay, now let's talk about money, which that's a whole different set of skills. And right. sure, math is involved, but it's not, it's not the main thing. So finally getting to the point of where you're going to address your numbers, it's really going to take off that veil of like not knowing what's happening. And the reality could be really good. And the reality could also be really scary or quote unquote bad, or, you know, you're in the negative instead of in the positive and you have more debt, but the issue is not what the numbers are. The issue is not knowing because you don't know what to do. So once you come face to face with those numbers, then you can slowly at your own pace. Sometimes we have the, the, the privilege of going at our own pace. Sometimes we have to go a little bit faster and make quicker actions um, to get to a better place. But at least, you know, what the next right. step is going to be. And that is just assuming that it's just you, you know, but once you have, for example, you incorporate family, you incorporate kids, you incorporate parents, perhaps that you're helping, or uh, maybe they're living with you. There are so many other factors that do bring that pressure over you that sure. at the end of the day, it's just so much better on yourself for your mental health and for the benefit of everybody else as well, but for you to know what's happening with your finances. No, I like, if someone's like, wait, what is, what is this math equation? I'm like, I went to school for social work. (laughs) I don't do math, right? Like that's the joke, but I always feel more empowered when I know what's going on with my finances in my business, that when I'm able Mm -hmm. to look at, okay, maybe there's not as much coming in as I anticipated this month that doesn't feel good, but then I can make decisions based Mm -hmm. off of those numbers or like, okay, my family has this thing going on. How do I plan for that? How do I anticipate that? And it can be scary to look at those numbers, especially if you're not sure what you're doing or how your, what your system is, but as scary as it may feel, it's going to help guide you and direct you in what are the best choices or the best decisions for you to make, whether that means increasing your rates or dropping a certain insurance panel or saving more for something, purchasing something that's going to help save time, whatever the thing is. Yes, it can feel scary, especially if you're not sure what you're doing at first, but once you get into your numbers, it is just so much more enlightening because you're making informed decisions. Right, right. And it also puts you in a position of, in a way, pressured to make a choice about what system is going to work for you. Because that's, I think, one of the biggest roadblocks is to identify and implement the system that is going to help you get there. Because everybody talks about you have to know your numbers and you have to know how much money you're making and knowing how much money you're making is really not that hard to find that answer, especially if you're using an EHR, for example, it's all going to be there, but it's tracking the expenses and in a way that makes sense to you with the categories that make sense to you in a way that it's automated 
that is a part that people are like, I just don't know how to do that. And because of that, then they're missing out on their results. It's not that people necessarily don't want the results of knowing. Sure. Generally speaking, people do want to know their numbers and they know that it feels uncomfortable and they, it feels scary, but they would like to know. It's usually that beginning part of, well, everybody talks about QuickBooks, but there's also this other, uh, for example, business coach that is one of their things is using this specific spreadsheet or um, using uh, software for personal finances. Can I just use that one? Yeah. Or I can just do it on my notepad because it's just my finances, especially as a solo practice owner, it, it, things are very simple for the most part. So I'm just going to keep track of those things here. But then as you grow or as you continue to give your attention to different tasks or areas, for sure. example, marketing, if you are wanting to grow your practice, you're going to give attention to that. Then usually this side of your practice is going to be like, I'll just do it another day because your business is running anyways. Things are flowing anyways. This is not stopping you from seeing a client. But on the other side of that, it could potentially affect your profitability because you don't know what's happening. So it's kind of two sides of it that go hand in hand that unless you really get into it, you won't really know how it feels to have those results. We've all been told we need to network in our private practice, but no one actually tells us how to do it or what to say. Enter Comprehensive Connecting, effective scripts that expand your networking community and actually fill your online practice. This free guide will give you effective scripts to connect with fellow clinicians, medical professionals, and community stakeholders to build strong networking relationships that will help fill your practice. In this guide, you will get tips and tricks for building relationships that will lead to referrals in your practice, real life examples of messages used to connect with referral sources, and customizable plug and send scripts for your specific practice needs. So download your free scripts guide today by going to bit.ly forward slash comp connecting. So one of the things I've seen, and I personally have done this in the past, I've noticed when I'm talking with women who have started their practice, it may be that like, okay, I started this kind of just as a side thing, or I've fully started it, but a lot of times figuring out an accounting system, I think is not necessarily on the top of people's list, right? It's let me get my EHR. Let me figure out being able to see clients. Let me market and I'll figure out the money stuff later. And so then they kind of get into their practice. Maybe it's a couple of months in, maybe it's a year in and they're going, oh my goodness, I didn't even think about that. I have to have money set aside for taxes or like a system for accounting and that kind of thing. So if somebody is kind of in in that situation where maybe they have started their practice, whether it's two weeks ago, two months ago, two years ago, and now all of a sudden they're like, wait a second, I need to go back or I need to start something. Do you have any suggestions on using a system, even if they've already started doing this work and maybe it's more tied currently into their personal finances, what they can do to create a system? 
Yes. <clears throat> the very first thing I would say is to have separate accounts, bank accounts, credit cards. Usually if you have an EHR, it's going to be tied to, for example, Stripe or something like that or Square. So usually those are not commingled or mixed with your personal finances. But generally speaking, the best thing that you can do is just keep absolutely everything separate. And let's say that you are not really keeping track of things. It's going to be much, much easier to add up things really quickly when you have your statement or the bank information in front of you to add those things when it's just purely business transactions, instead of having to go through, usually your personal accounts have five times the amount of transactions. Right. <laughs> so you have to go through it and it's like, mm, I went to Target, but did I buy diapers for my kids or did I buy a notepad for my desk? Sure. So once you have those separated, it's going to be much easier to add things up for you to glance at it and kind of understand things better. And also because your actual statement adds up things for you. And it's going to tell you how much money came in and how much money came out, not necessarily by categories, but just the totals. So just looking at that, you can already have a quick, okay, you know, I made $300. I made $5,000, whatever number it is, you're, you're going to have it there. That is kind of like what you can do right now. And then depending, I would say, on your goals as well, like, do you want to keep this as a five clients per week kind of thing, very minimal? You might not really need this full-blown accounting software that is going to do, you know, that is going to track inventory, it's going to do a million things for you. You could get away with using something that is free, that is for business. I would say the best thing is find something that generates financial reports for you. As long as the information that is being input is correct, you can look at, again, your profit. You can look at, I don't want to complicate things, but for example, the statement of cash flows will tell you like how the money moved that month, like how much money mm. came in and left, combining everything. So the ability to pull those reports will help you understand things a little bit better once you have a process for that. And also, if you are working with a tax accountant, for example, and at the end of the year or every quarter, they tell you, give me your number so that I can tell you how much money to pay for estimated taxes. Again, things are already there. And it's also going to, depending on who they are and how their pricing structure is, most likely they're going to bill you differently. If they have to figure out the math for you, or if you're just telling them and then they figure out the math for you. That's another misconception that people have regarding estimated taxes, that it's only including your practice numbers. They will most likely have to look at your whole financial picture, including if there's anybody else, for example, if your spouse works and they are getting their taxes taken out, they can also look at that. So they can go really, really deep into it, or they can just tell you a very general amount. So if I hear you, basically, first things first, get separate accounts. Even if you yes. already started, <laughs> some of it's in the personal, go ahead, get that separate checking account, separate credit card, and then just get everything deposited into that checking account because then you have everything in one place and you're just right. starting to track everything from there. It's not too yes. late. <laughs> 
Yes, it's never too late. As much as it feels very overwhelming or confused, it's never too late. That would be the very first step to take. I know you mentioned some different softwares. I know that there's software as an option or a spreadsheet as an option. If someone is just starting out, what would your recommendation be for them to track and use some kind of system? It's very hard for me to tell you, like, use this because it really depends on your goals. And if you want to make this grow as much as possible, I would prefer for you to have all of your information in one place. So if that means that you are delaying the process, perhaps of starting that software until you feel like you can afford it, go with one that can grow with you. So if your, your intention is to grow your practice and to make this your main source of income or you and your spouses, but this is your way of providing for your family, I would say choose something that is going to be able to grow with you because there are other softwares that are really good, for example, for your now, and Mm -hmm. that you can connect things to like your bank and it's going to pull your transactions. But once you get to a place where you're making more money and perhaps you now have different offer, or now you have employees or contractors, or you took a loan and you start bringing different layers to your finances, it's just not going to be able to serve you and provide the numbers that you need in the best way possible. So then at that point, you're probably going to be forced to move to a different software. And what that happens is your information that was in here stays there and your Mm -hmm. new software starts in that new year. Your other option is also to bring all of that data to the new software, but that's going to be, it's going to take time. A lot of work. <laughs> if it's going to be a lot of work. And if you hire somebody, it's going to cost a lot of money. So that's why when I'm looking at the future and in the long run, I'm trying to avoid that. I'm trying to avoid yeah. you being stuck with information in many different places. We just want to combine it in one. If you think, now I know that many people start and they don't necessarily know where they want to go for an option that is free and that is for businesses. There's an, a software called Wave and that one will connect to your accounts. It will bring transactions automatically. You can categorize the chart of accounts. And I think that's one of the biggest benefits as well. Something that you can categorize a chart of accounts. So I would say start there perhaps ideally you want to start in a business software most likely that you are paying for it because it's just not free and typically the things that are you know you're paying for it are going to be better so something like quickbooks online not quickbooks self-employed i would never recommend to use quickbooks self-employed but quickbooks online is ideally where you want to start yeah well and i think for people just to keep in mind, like you said, if you're like, I don't feel like I can put money out for something right now, but just know that, okay, like I'm going to have to upgrade somehow eventually if it gets to that point where this no longer serves me and just know that, okay, I'm going to have work on the, the, you know, the front end of building out that kind of software for when I transition. I actually had a similar thing. So I, when I started my solo practice, I was in QuickBooks self-employed and it, you know, I used it for a couple years and several years in, I realized it's not giving me 
really what I need category wise or to be able to really track things in certain reports. And so I did then change over to QuickBooks online, which has been great. And I definitely recommend as well. And it was one of those things where like, okay, I'm not going to transition everything over, but I decided to start at the first of the year for that year in this new right. QuickBooks and mm-hmm. just downloaded every report that I could have access to from the self-employed one before I closed that down. And so, yeah, it was definitely work on the front end, getting it up. And so I just kind of had to prepare myself for that. Like, okay, I'm realizing that maybe that wasn't the best one to go with at the time. And now I'm upgrading to this one and I've just got to buckle up (laughs) and just kind of put my nose to the grindstone for a little bit. And now I love it. It made it so much easier than even the self-employed to be able to track everything. Absolutely. Yeah. Self-employed. I don't recommend it to anybody. (laughs) And it's funny because it's the same company and I do work with QuickBooks Online and I do like it. Um, I think it's a great choice for therapists. But like you said, you have to make the decision to either bring all of the information or you don't. And ultimately it's up to you. I don't think that there's a right or wrong choice. I don't think that in your case, like, oh, well, you made the wrong choice. Ideally, you want to have all the information in one place. And I'm sure that right. you wanted to have that information there, but sometimes you just can't have that. So if you can avoid that, go with uh, QuickBooks Online or Zero is another really good software. It is a full accounting software as well, just like uh, QuickBooks. They all have their strengths. So I right. can't pick one specifically, like I think you should use this one or this one. I think Zero is definitely a great choice as well for therapists and what they need. And it's also cheaper and you can also upgrade, which is another thing that you want to look for, for something that you can upgrade, but yeah, you can start if you want to go the, like the very, very cheap way, I would say go with wave because that one is free and it's still a business accounting software. And then you can eventually move to something if you were to see the need for that. I think a lot of times people are afraid to, to start because they're afraid of making a mistake. I see that, especially when it comes to money, I have felt that way at times too. Like, oh, like, what if I do this wrong? And I think there's this idea that the IRS is just waiting for you to make this one little mistake. You're supposed to pay $50 and you pay 49 and then they're knocking on your door (laughs) to come and get you. And so then people are like, I'm too afraid to take the steps I need to, to do something to have a system or to even start my business knowing that fear is a big thing and it's a real thing for a lot of people. What do you think is one of the misconceptions that people have or misunderstandings when it comes to having an accounting system or really having an understanding of their numbers? I think that you have to back up a little bit and face the fact that if you are already in business, the accounting software, it's not really what is going to trigger the IRS to come knocking at your door. You are already moving your money. The fact that you're actually organizing things in your software, it's going to benefit you because in Mm -hmm. case the IRS actually comes knocking at your door, which they most likely won't, they'll probably send you a letter. And then at that point, the best thing that you can do is reach out to one account, like a tax accountant that can help you with audits specifically. 
the process, although it could be long, it could be tedious. It's like, okay, what about this expense? And what about this? It's more of tasks and time consuming. It doesn't necessarily feel like somebody's going to come knocking at your door. But I would say the best way to do that, to feel that you are prepared for that is to actually use that accounting software or any method that you're using to track your income and expenses to the best of your abilities. Because if you were to be requested for some kind of information, you can literally just grab it and send it. And there's no really more that is being demanded from you because you already did all the work ahead of time. I mean, I think the takeaway is the sooner you can get your head out of the sand <laughs> and start a system, the easier it will be if there is something that comes up that you have to explain, right? The, the more we bury our head in the sand and ignore, like, I just don't want to have to face it, <laughs> the harder it, it will be, but it's better to on the front end, just start dealing with it. One thing that I've heard you mention, and I think for those who may not be familiar with having an accounting system, you talked about categories. Can you explain that a little bit, what that means when it comes to having an accounting system or a bookkeeping system? Yes. When you have your accounting software, most of them will give you the ability to change what is called your chart of accounts. And that's just like the fancy way of saying the categories for your income, the categories for your expenses. So your accounting is a whole big picture. It's not just your accounting. You have to take into consideration how you're receiving payments. If you're receiving payments only through the EHR, if you're receiving payments directly uh, into your bank account, or if you have a checkout uh, system in your website because you're also selling different things. So all of that comes into place as to how much detail we want to see in your chart of accounts or in your accounting uh, software when it comes to your income. Sometimes having just one big category for your income, that is just therapy income, will be enough because you can break down the different categories in your EHR, which that's mostly the case for therapists. You can just dump everything into one income account. And then if you want to see, for example, group therapy or versus individual or based on your contractors or your team members, you can just see that in your EHR without having to bring all of that data also into your accounting software. However, if you were to also sell a course or if you have a paid membership and that is coming from a different uh, checkout system or merchant processor that has nothing to do with your EHR, it's very easy to identify that in your bank feed. So you can add a different category for that in your chart of accounts and have therapy income and membership or podcast, you know, and that way, when you look at your profit and loss, for example, you're going to be able to see how much of those services and products are bringing in to your business. And based on that, you can kind of decide after a X period of time that you have decided, maybe you put this kind of like on trial, I'm going to see if this offer, you know, is actually beneficial. And I'm going to look at it after six months. So six months pass, you look at it per month, you can see how much money each one is bringing. And you can make a choice like, should I give more attention to one of them versus the other? Because this one is clearly giving me more money 
or this one is only giving me X amount of dollars, but I'm putting in so much hours into it. I'm paying contractors to build this for me. I'm spending X amount of money on software. And this is a moment where I can decide, do I want to drop it or do I want to continue trying it? Yeah. So there's no right or wrong question. It's just more information that you can have in a little bit more of a detailed way to, first of all, ask yourself questions about it. Think about the other areas that are moving around it and then hopefully make a plan. And then the same thing goes with your expenses. For example, you would uh, like to know how much you're spending on contractors if you have a group practice and at this moment you have contractors, not employees. You want to know how much you're paying them versus other contractors that are perhaps your VA, a bookkeeper at that point. So because it's different, like the right. amount of uh, money that you're paying for those, it should give you different levels of information in a way. Sure. Um, or software versus office supplies, especially when you are uh, most of the time just conducting your practice virtually. It's important to know how much money you're spending in software. And a lot of times those categories are so broad because of the IRS forms are so broad that we don't necessarily break it down. So I like to add a little bit more detail in that aspect as well. I think it's important for you to know how much you're spending on physical things for your office sure. versus monthly subscriptions for different kinds of software. Or if you have a physical office and you have to uh, spend money on decorations and you're renovating or you have repairs and things like that, I would like to separate that again from your actual office supplies, from your software. So all of those different levels of categories will give you details that you need. And because it's so unique to you, I think it's important for every, like when you are in that moment, like building up your accounting software, perhaps on your own, perhaps with somebody, that moment is very crucial because only you can decide right. what is important for you to know. Other people might not really care what it, they're spending in a office supplies versus software. They just want to see it all together. And that's totally fine. I think one of the things that is just like really striking me as I'm listening to you, and I don't think I've ever thought of accounting or having a system in this way is just, it's a way for you to make informed decisions. It's a way for you to know I'm spending this amount on this thing or on this service. And it may not seem like that much, but if part of my business that I'm thinking that thing is supposed to be supporting is not actually bringing me in money, right? Like if it's something that you have for a course, but you're not bringing in anything from that course for whatever reason, is it in my best interest to continue paying for that thing or find right. a different way or do more to try to bring in income from that course? So I think knowledge is power. <laughs> this is one of those ways for us to have real knowledge and make these decisions based off of not just, Hmm, I think I have a hunch or I'm hoping this is the best thing, but nope, this is what the data is showing me. And I, I need to make my choice based off of that. Right, right. Exactly. Cause many times we have, for example, a budget or an idea of how much money we want to allocate to things. 
but it's once you're spending money, it's just so much easier to just spend, you know, and right. swipe. <laughs> we don't even have to physically swipe our cards anymore. Right. Or it's just so easy to spend. But once you have that report, you can even create categories for things that are perhaps important for you. Like, I think at least generally speaking, women in general are very generous. We like to share, we like to help others. So having a category for charitable contributions and every month I want to give $50, I want to give $500, whatever number it is that you want to incorporate in your spending to this nonprofit that does this because this specific thing is important for me then if you're running your reports and you see that this specific category is in zero, you're like, oh, I totally forgot about it. Right. Now, next month, I can do that. So it also helps you with directing your money and places where you want it to go. Yeah. Yeah. Andrea, anything else that you think before we wrap up that would be just really important for people to take away from today? Yes, I think that, like we said in the beginning, keeping different or separate bank accounts from your personal accounts is really important. Whether you have an actual business created, like an LLC creator or not, if it's just you under your name, just open a separate personal bank account and start using that for quote unquote business purposes. Or if you already have a business, open up a business account, keeping everything separate. And one last thing is when it comes to accounting softwares, generally speaking, they are not HIPAA compliant. So don't use accounting softwares to bill your clients, to invoice them, to include your list of clients. You know, let's not use QuickBooks or Xero or Wave for any of that. That can live and should live only in your EHR. Yeah. Yeah, because it's all HIPAA compliant there. If someone wanted to reach out to you and connect with you, where can they find you? You can find me on LinkedIn. Mostly that's where I am hanging out the most. Uh, just look my name up, Andrea Rotondo, Andrea Rotondo. And I'm also on Instagram, Andrea.Rotondo. Andrea, it was so wonderful to have you here today. I know this is not going to be the end of us talking um, and you sharing yes. your wisdom and experience <laughs> with us, but just thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me and for listening. Thank you so much for listening to the Raise to Empower podcast. Check the show notes for all links and resources mentioned in the show. If you found today's episode helpful or inspiring, be sure to share it with your therapist friends. And don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave your five-star rating and review. It truly means so much to me and will help us get our message of empowerment out to other women and mom clinicians. And I'd love to connect with you in our Facebook community. So check out the show notes for the link or head to bit.ly forward slash raise to empower to join us. I'll see you back here next week.